The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJXFM with yours truly, Neville James. <clears throat> yeah, got a great show lined up today. Um, Balak, Balak Christian from uh, Liberty is going to be joining us uh, anytime now. Uh, Liberty got a lot of work going on uh, in uh, the Virgin Islands and um, wanted to come to this particular medium and enlighten the public as to what they're doing. A significant amount of work is going to be done. So, uh, looking forward to getting the details uh, from the man himself. And, uh, and then uh, in 9 o'clock, oh, we're going to do a little bush tea, but we're going to talk to Robert Luke uh, for a little bit, you know, former comedian uh, who was in these parts uh, way back in the day. So, looking forward to Find out what he's up to and all that good stuff. It's my understanding that um, the one and only Bala is uh, on uh, the line. Good morning, Mr. Bala Christian. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Happy New Year, even though it's February. Happy New Year to you as well, and happy Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, happy Groundhog Day, right? Right, right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the sun, the sun, I was thinking about that. The sun was real bright this morning around 7.35, so um, it, yeah. might, it, might be a sh- it might be a short winter. You never know. So we'll find out in a little bit. So how's life? Life is good. Life is good. Okay. Um, yeah. So what's going on at Liberty? Um, a lot of folks interested in hearing the details, so I'll just um, leave the floor to you and you can... Uh, let the public know on the initiatives and projects that you guys are working on. Okay, that sounds good. So, can I start now? Or? Yeah, yeah, go right ahead. Okay, excellent. Well, you know, a lot of interesting things happening at Liberty. Uh, the last time we talked, we basically said, uh, you know, we were talking about the wireless coverage, we were talking about uh, broadband and how we're going to bring fiber, and 2022 was a very interesting year where we had to work with the government, uh, the various agencies like the Department of Public Works and DPNR and so on to, to lay the groundwork. And at the end of 2022, we got all the permits. We got many of the permits that we needed to uh, both improve our wireless network and also to start the fiber to the home construction project. Uh, so this week was a very eventful week for us. Uh, a couple of days ago in St. Croix, in Sally's Fancy, we broke ground uh, to lay the f- fiber for, uh, that likely do two things. One, we are going to have a, a wireless tower uh, in Sally's Fancy that is uh, that will serve both the first net objective, which is to help connect the first responders in the event of an emergency, but also simultaneously along the route, where we have a lot of homes, we will have we'll start connecting our uh, customers with fiber to the home, and this is the first of the uh, uh, first of many many projects that we're going to have. Uh, as soon as uh, we complete Salis Fancy, which will take about three weeks, uh, we're going to go on to a couple of other areas like Green Cay and uh, Clifton Hills and so on and so forth. And also uh, very soon we're going to be starting construction in St. Thomas. As, and uh, this year we are looking to bring up nine towers uh, for our wireless, which will significantly improve our wireless coverage throughout. I know there have been a lot of questions and uh, discussions around that. Customers have really noticed that the, the wireless coverage has uh, suffered uh, during the pandemic as demand went up. So that will improve significantly with fiber. We're going to actually improve the bandwidth available to the wireless service as well. And then the fiber of the home is going to bring the kind of internet speeds that we see on the state side. You know, people can get up to one gigabits per second. 
and not at uh, not at the kind of rates that we have seen at uh, in Virgin Islands, but relatively uh, lower rates, significantly lower rates. You know, the speeds like 150, 200, 300 megabits per second should be easily attainable by customers. So, a lot of excitement, a lot of, lot of things happening for us. Um, what, what, what speed are we at right now? Because you said, well, one, you, so said, you said one gigabyte per second. What speed are we at right now? Well, we are up to uh, 100 megabits per second right now. Mm -hmm. uh, last year, when, uh, when I first got here, we, we, the maximum speed that anybody could get was 50 megabits per second. And people were dealing with uh, 8 megabits per second at the lowest. And since then, we have, we've improved our, our fixed wireless network, the broadband VI network that we got. And we're now going to be giving our customers 25 megabits per second at the minimum. And, and, and then we'll go from there. And we're, we're improving our network even more, even just the fixed wireless network, which, is, uh, which, which requires an antenna. But then when fiber comes, that's going to be much, much better. Um, explain the, the, the distinction with the speed um, from, with upload uh, and, and from download. Yeah. So when, when you think about upload and download, uh, the uh, download is when, say, you're you're streaming something, you want to watch Netflix, and you send a, you select a movie. When you select the movie, that movie selection goes to the Netflix server somewhere somewhere in the cloud. That's upload, right? So that's little command saying I want to watch uh, this particular movie. And then the Netflix movie starts streaming. That is download. So people tend to actually stream more download than upload. So typically you will see that the download speeds are much greater than uploads. However, there are certain types of um, situations where upload is important as well. Like for example, if you're a gamer, you, you need a lot of upload speeds because you're, you're constantly going back and forth. Or you're, you're doing an interview like this, right? You need upload and download. And um, most networks, uh, even our, our fixed wireless network, you will find that the upload speed is much greater than download. However, with fiber, what we're going to do is it's going to be symmetrical. So people can get the same upload and download speeds. So that's going to be fantastic for a lot of people who want to do these kinds of things, right? So, and this is, this is true for younger people. More and more you see younger people doing a lot of gaming. And uh, they're doing a lot of video conferences and so on and so forth. So upload becomes very important. Especially for work at home and so on. Um, does it apply to the residential areas? Yeah. So with fiber, uh, the fiber rate to be upload and download to be the same even for residential, not just for business. Okay. Okay. Good. Now, um, given where you found the infrastructure when you uh, when, when Liberty took over, and and where uh, you want to take it, uh, how, how intensive a assessment did you have to go through before you make the determination as to how um, you, you, you're going to make the changes and, and uh, make the infrastructure upgrades? So when, when Liberty took over, we bought Broadband VI and Broadband VI has coverage uh, throughout most of the islands, but it's all over the air, as you well know. And there are two things that we've been doing. One is we, we got the Connect USVA funding from FCC. Uh, Liberty is the only company that actually got the funding. So that funding, we had to basically, the mandate is that we have to lay fiber throughout uh, all, all three islands or four islands and connect every home. And uh, for that, we have to go and, it's a pretty intensive assessment process, right? We have to go area by area, and we have to essentially say, for each area, we have to we have to walk through the entire area. We have to design exactly where the fiber is going to go. Uh, part of the issue is it's all going to be underground, and uh, there's been a lot of concerns about uh, digging up the roads. So we're we're deploying new technology, which is called micro trenching, which is basically if you look at the roads today where the fiber is, you can actually see a massive uh, about an eight-inch swath of uh, uh, of cut that was laid by AT&T and, uh, and, and some others in the middle of the road. With micro-trenching, it's actually going to be about an inch. It's very, very small, and the new technology is going to be literally not visible at all. 
And we're also looking at, can we go on the side of the road? Now that said, when we do that, we also need to make sure that we take into consideration any of the electric uh, utilities that are out there or water that goes through with from WAPA or waste management and there's also other projects that are coming down the pipe from uh, WAPA and waste management. So we have to do all that coordination. So we've been working very closely with those utilities and also with uh, with Department of Public Works to make sure that we are we're doing all this once as much as possible and minimizing the, the disruption for uh, for uh, people on Virgin Islands, but at the same time bringing this to the table. So it's a it's a very intensive process that we've been going through in getting the permits from uh, the Department of Public Works. Uh, simultaneously, we're also looking at where do we have, you know, in the meantime, we still have to improve our speeds for customers on the wireless side. So we're, we've been looking at where we have speeds and we're constantly testing that to see how much speed we can bring to our customers without increasing rates. And, uh, and and we're we're looking at how much money we have to invest on the existing wireless network to keep that and get that better as well. So, you know, it's been a lot of uh, analysis and a uh, lot of improvement that's been going on. We'll uh, we'll take a break. We're talking with Bala Bala Krishnan, general manager for Liberty Vi. They're uh, about to uh, uh, go into a very uh, heavy infrastructure endeavor here in the Virgin Islands. Uh, in concert with the Federal Communications Commission's Connect USVI initiative. We'll take a break and be back right after this. St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go, and our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com. 1A is your place for daily conversation with thoughtful guests and listeners from around the country. Fridays are home to our news roundups, where we answer your questions about the biggest stories of the week. I'm Jen White. This year, we continue to celebrate your freedom to listen, weigh in, and share what you're curious about. And with your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. Hi, I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! Democracy Now! features ideas and voices from some of the best minds of this generation and previous ones, including activists, muckrakers, visionaries, artists, risk takers, academics, and just folks, as in the most just folks who share a commitment to truth, democracy, justice, diversity, equality, and peace. Catch Democracy Now! at his new time, weekdays at 10 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1. Listening to the wings of a monarch butterfly, what a magical thought. They arrive here on the Day of the Dead, which we celebrate here in Mexico. And a lot of the indigenous people believe that it's the souls of their ancestors that are returning. You know? And it's very spiritual. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. Great question. That is a great question. And that's a great question. Wow, that's another great question. That's uh that's a great question. Oh, that's a great <laughs> that's a great question. That is a great question. What a great question. On fresh air, you'll hear unexpected questions and unexpected answers. Weekdays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we're back here uh, analyzing this. I'm having a, a nice discussion um, with um, the 
General Manager for Liberty VA, Mr. Bala Bala Krishnan, and um, they issued a press release uh, last week um, talking about kicking off its fixed fiber uh, network construction process uh, in the Sally's Fancy area. Uh, that's uh, uh, up on the, the eastern side uh, of uh, St. Croix. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Mm okay, good. So, you know, a um, couple of things. Um, first of all, talk about um, the, the, the FCC uh, USVI initiative, uh, the, Connect Commission, the Connect USVI initiative, um, from the perspective of how um, Liberty VI sees it and the role that Liberty VI is mandated to play uh, to make this Connect initiative a success. Uh, sure. So Connect USVI, FCC's initiative, is uh, basically part of their, uh, uh, what's called RDOF, which is uh, Rural Development. Uh, and FCC wants to bring broadband to the entire country, and including all the rural areas or underdeveloped areas. And as part of that, FCC uh, basically sent out uh, a request for proposal uh, two, three years ago. and. Uh, Liberty, along with Broadband VI, we we participated in that request for proposal and won this. Uh, and the whole in effort was to make sure that we are able to bring significant speeds and connectivity to everybody in the uh, in the U.S. and U.S. territories. Uh, Liberty's role now is Liberty won that uh, that uh, funding, and as part of that, FCC said you. The mandate is to connect every household and every business with fiber to the home. And we're talking about true fiber, right? We're not talking about hot uh, fiber, hot copper. We're talking about fiber all the way. So consequently, uh, it's light speed that we bring data to, to every household. And uh, the second aspect of it is, especially in the Virgin Islands, uh, because of, uh, you know, we're constantly faced with natural disasters. So uh, FCC said we have to bury 85% of the uh, fiber to make sure that it's resilient. And also, uh, in addition to that, Liberty is also looking at how do we make not just the fiber network resilient, how do we make sure that there's sufficient power backup and so on and so forth. So we are, our, our goal is to bring that uh, connectivity as quickly as possible. FCC, the, the, the project mandate is that we complete this project by 2027. We are investing more, and we're trying to accelerate it, and we're trying to finish it by uh, the end of 2025, um, at the latest by early 2026. Um, in people language, what about dead spots? Um, that's a big concern here on the island. Of course, um, you need uh, uh, tower infrastructure in certain, certain parts of the island um, that is not uh, as receptive to, to service. Um, as others, uh, how are we dealing with that? That's that's a that's a great question. So it's actually it's two different networks. So the fiber to the home is uh, is kind of like uh, it's fixed wire running to the house. So there are no dead spots once that is completed. What, what we are talking about the second network that we have, which is the wireless network that we bought from AT and T and we are improving now, that does have a lot of dead spots and. Uh, we are improving that in many, many, many ways. So the three key things that we're doing right now. One is uh, we're looking at uh, putting up new nine new towers and uh, in different areas that will actually improve coverage. So it will minimize dead spots. That's one. The second thing that, uh, as a matter of fact, last week I had uh, people from our team in Miami and also in Puerto Rico that came down and we drove down both islands. Uh, personally, I went down as well, and we, we spent two days driving through the island looking at where we have dead spots, and we captured all that. And there are areas that are, unfortunately, because of the terrain, we have a lot of places where we have dead spots. And we are looking at different technologies where we can potentially bring something called small cell that, that can be connected to, instead of having a major tower, a little cell that can be connected to, like, even electric poles. Right, so we're looking at where how we can solve some dead spots in certain areas, and there are certain other areas that are densely populated, like Shalom uh, Malia or Christian Street, uh, where we have a lot of businesses and a lot of uh, lot of activity. We're 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 looking at deploying uh, small cell technology again. It's a it's a 
it's a combination of little small cells. It's kind of like a pizza box. So we'll have a network of nine or ten of them in, in a densely populated area. And we are working with uh, the USBI government to look at some small cell regulation that we can deploy there as well. So we're constantly looking at what other new technology we can bring to minimize and reduce dead spots. Unfortunately, as you know, in Virgin Islands, because of the terrain, you have a lot of hilly areas, so you don't have get the line of sight. And also, in, in, there are certain areas where there are, no, there are not as many people, and you're going to have some dead spots. We, we, we can't promise that we'll eliminate all dead spots. We're looking at minimizing that quite a bit, though. Okay, that's, that, that's good to hear. Um, so um, the, the recon, um, in terms of identifying dead spots, um, most of that is done, and now it's, it's, it's about um, the infrastructure getting to the right places to, 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 to broaden contact? Well, so that's exactly right. So we've done it this time, but we're not going to stop, right? So we'll continuously look at it. So we'll, we'll, we'll go through, we'll look at it, we'll deploy infrastructure, and then every year, every once in a while, we'll go back and we'll see, is everything working? Uh, as uh, population demographic change in different areas and our, uh, as the demand gone up, do we need to improve? So this is something that we're not going to stop. We're going to continue to uh, look at it and continue to improve. Okay, now uh, in your press release you said this is just the beginning of a large product project that upon completion will bring the broadband connectivity to the USVI to facilitate economic growth in the territory. The work will also enable us to deliver fiber to a much needed wireless tower to increase capacity and coverage plus added capabilities to local first responders. We are working on rapidly increasing the number of homes and businesses that can get fiber as soon as we can get the necessary permits, which speaks to um, the government's role uh, in this initiative. Um, is the level of um, communication and understanding um, at the level it should be for both the private sector, the private entity, and the government, um, to make this initiative a reality. Yeah, so we're, we're working very closely with uh, the, the government, and it, initially there was a lot of uh, questions and concerns from uh, from all the agencies and the, the governor and some of the senators about how this particular project is going to be. They understand how big, important this project is, but they also understand that. Uh, a, a large infrastructure project like that could cause this disruption. So we've been working with them, explaining to them about how we can minimize. And they're, they're partnering with us great. Commissioner Gabriel from Department of Public Works, Commissioner Oriel from DPNR, the, the governor. They've all uh, I met with them recently over the past month. All of them, they've, they've promised and they're working very closely with us. Uh, they also want to make sure that whatever we do, we do in coordination with WAPA, with waste management, and they've enabled those kinds of uh, meetings as well. So we're working very closely with them to make this happen. Uh, obviously, like any any major project like this, ground has been improved. So as a matter of fact, we're working we're, we're meeting with them on a, a you know regular basis to see how we can continue to improve the process to speeden the the permits and uh, and and basically move these things forward fast. Uh, in the words of the governor. You know, we have to, we have to, we cannot stop progress and we have to basically move this forward. That's what he said last time I met him and he said, I'm going to make this happen for, for the Virgin Island, which is, uh, which is great. So, no, so let, now let me ask this question so we could get a, a good understanding in terms of um, who regulates cell phone service in the Virgin Islands? The, the cell phone, there's part regulation. So, it, as uh, PA, the Public Service Commission does some level of regulation, so mm -hmm. as a utility, uh, we're, we're constantly reporting to the Public Service Commission. Um, it, it's not a completely regulated uh, service like the, the electric utility, but there are some regulations that we have to adhere to. Because I know, um, I know VIA, I know the, the, mm. the, the landline, um, they, they are regulated by the Public Service Commission, but as it stands right now, um, wireless service is not as regulated or regulated at all? Uh, wireless service in the U.S. is not regulated at all. There are certain aspects of it that are regulated. And as we start laying uh, fiber and as we start essentially moving into providing voice services, 
we will actually fall into that regulation as well. Yeah. And uh, as a utility, this is the discussion we have had. Uh, we we still have obligations to report to the Public Service Commission for uh, for for wireless service and also for wireline service. So 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 when customers have an issue um, that they that that they need someone to look into with respect to to, to the service that you provide them. Um, who would they who would they reach out to? They got to go directly to you. Well, they obviously will come to us uh, anytime we have customers, and we are also monitoring things on a regular basis to make sure that we can address things before customers notice. But in the case, you know, it's not always possible. They come to us, but they can also reach out to the PS, uh, PSC. They can also uh, they obviously also contact the senators. So I constantly get calls from the senators and. Uh, and, and uh, the lieutenant governor and so on uh, to talk about you know issues that they, they their constituents reach out to them about. But PSC is definitely one of them, right? So every once every uh, every month we meet with the PSC where PSC talks about issues and improvements and uh, and what are we doing about making sure that the services uh, to the quality that we we need it to be. What about the Department of Licensing and Consumer Affairs? Because in order for you to do business in the territory, you have to be licensed, properly licensed, um, with, with with the um, the agency um, that has stewardship and oversight over licenses. Correct, correct. And so we have we we have different entities and we have different licenses to do all these different types of services. Uh, it's something that um, you know we're very very particular about. We're dealing with them. Once we get the license, uh, we we continue to operate uh, based on the license. But then it is the other entities, such as the PSC, that make sure that the service quality is good. Okay. So um, now let's get back to the project. Um, the work, the 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 work that you do with uh, with this particular initiative, right? Um, mm -hmm. How is it impacting traffic and things of that nature up in that area? Because it's going to be a weekday project. So how is that working out? So that's a really good question. So we're trying to minimize the impact of traffic. There will be an impact of traffic, unfortunately, anytime you have, especially you have to do this underground. So the way we're trying to do this is, wherever possible, we're trying to go on the side of the road so that we don't really uh, close off the entire road. We will only close, we, we will, if you go on the side of the road, we are able to go uh, uh, outside of the road then most of the road will be open. Where we cannot do that, we're trying to go uh, in such a way that one lane will be always open. And because of the technology that we're using, this particular technology, micro-trenching, we can, we can do up to uh, 1,800 feet a day. And the, we are also trying to do it in such a way that we don't just dig the road and leave it open. And we're trying to see if we can we, we have new technology that we're bringing to the table to do the reinstatement very, very quickly. So the maximum two days in a particular area, right, maximum, that's kind of how we are looking at uh, doing so. Uh, and then on top of that, what we're also doing, this is what the coordination I told you about, there are certain areas where WAPA is already going out and laying federal, like for example, in Williams Delight and Clifton Hills. And we're working with DPW to see if we can coordinate so that we do that along with them so that we don't have to go back and the roads again and stop impact traffic. Well, one of the issues the government has, I don't want to say excuses, but one of the concerns they've had where they haven't really um, gone all out uh, on projects is the commitment to one dig. So are you saying now that there's a likelihood there's going to be multiple digs given the nature of the work that you're doing and the timing? It in, 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 we're trying to do one day as much as possible. There are situations uh, where I think we'll have multiple days. As, uh, take, a, take an example of, uh, uh, say, in Sally's Fancy. We go and we, we, we lay fiber today. And then Papa comes five years later. And then at that time, they may have to do some digging, right? And, but where we think, WAPA and us, or Waste Management and us, we all have the project scheduled for this year. We're trying to schedule it in such a way that we do one day. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense, but but, but I know that the, one of the problems that we've had from time to time is that um, fiber is getting cut, and that undermining service 
And of course, nowadays, everybody is, is addicted to cell phone use. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. So here's kind of what we're doing. But, uh, I'll tell you, technology is an amazing thing. So before we go and dig anywhere, the first thing we're doing is we have this uh, this little machine that's kind of like a radar that that helps us spot where if there's any utility, so that we don't really cut any utility. And everybody's beginning to use that utility. Mm -hmm. The second thing that we're doing, this is in coordination with uh, DPW and. Uh, waste management and everybody, we have this utility coordination meeting that we have every week. So every, every utility that's actually laying fiber or, or any infrastructure, they're bringing all of that into this one big database so that that information will be available to everybody. So we have a commitment to the government, as soon as we lay fiber, we're going to give that information to everybody. So they will, we'll try to minimize it. I'm not saying that we will never have that cut, right? We, people make mistakes sometimes. Uh, it's not always clear, but we're trying to minimize that fiber cut. We're trying to minimize that uh, the disruption to any type of uh, utility. Okay, so there's 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 a uh, technology in, involved here as, as it relates to location, uh, what have you. When we, when we take a break, we'll come back. We'll talk some more about customer service, and we'll also yeah. talk about um, the fiber, um, the original fiber from uh, AT and T, um, the undersea cables, and all that stuff. Uh, we got Balabala Christians from Liberty VI joining us this morning. Uh, Federal Communications Connect US VI Initiative. We'll be back right after this. I'm Scott Tong from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. We bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up. Plus, conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So join us for NPR's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. Right here on WTJX FM 93.1. You know exactly how you take your morning coffee. Knowing where to get news you can rely on is just as simple. Listen to Morning Edition from NPR News every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. You can also listen on demand via the WTJX app, available for download from the App Store in Google Play. So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news designed for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist, I ever thought about it that way. We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it. Unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. And we're back here and analyze this and um, having a discussion with Mr. Balakrishnan um, from uh, Liberty VI. Um, they are going on to a, a significant, comprehensive uh, initiative pursuant to a FCC mandate um, where uh, connectivity 
uh, is the goal. And uh, um, they announced last week that uh, is this the first phase that's going to be taking place up on the eastern end of St. Croix? First, the first major amount of work? That's correct. So uh, we're starting with Tennis Fancy, and then from there we go on to a few other places. So this year we're looking at connecting all nine towers and also connecting up to 10,000 homes. And then um, every year after that, we're looking at another 10 to 15,000 homes. What about St. Uh, Thomas and St. John? Yes, so St. Thomas, St. John, so we, we will be starting in St. Thomas this year as well, and St. John will be next year. And of course, you know, we cannot forget Waterland, so we're, we're looking at all that. Okay, now um, one, I, I got a, a question from one of my listeners. Are we to understand that you are utilizing the former AT&T fiber undersea as, pre, as a primary source? That, that's, a, that's a really good question. It's not just on the sea. Uh, AT&T laid fiber throughout the island. And wherever we have that fiber, we don't want to dig again. So we are using that fiber as a primary source for connectivity throughout the island. Now, now explain to the public so they could get a feel for uh, how the fiber on the sea actually works its way uh, in, uh, on shore. Yeah, so when you talk to, 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 the, to, so the, be, to the best to the best of your ability. Yes, of course. So when, when, when we're talking internet, so when you get on the internet, uh, you go and do uh, Google or you do some search, that information has to go and connect to the internet of mainland and go to other parts of the world, right? So the way it happens is the, the data then goes from here to a, 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 a substation right at the, the edge of the island. And from there, there's, there's, uh, that data goes through an undersea cable that connects to the mainland. And that's, uh, that undersea cable is provided by various providers. Uh, AT&T provides that, Lumen provides that, and between the islands, VINGN also has some connectivity that we're utilizing. And uh, that is part of what we use to get the data and get all the communication across to the mainland and across to the rest of the world. Uh, but in addition, within the island, we have an AT&T network that we're using. It's our network now, Liberty VI network, that basically is a, it's like a ring that, that goes around every island that will be the core of the, uh, the communication within the island. We're using that as well. So, so when, when we, if we go on, on the internet now, we could see mm -hmm. what, what, what was originally the Global Crossing Level 3 map. Right, that was subsequently Correct. bought by, by um, Century Links and now Lumen Technology. Is that what you're talking right. about? That, 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 that. That's exactly what I'm. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. And, okay. and there are multiple providers there. So Lumen, as you as you talked about, which is Global Crossing, AT and T. We have our own network as well. It doesn't come to this island, but it, uh, we do have our connectivity through cable and wireless to Puerto Rico and a few other places. So the every day you know there's more and more undersea cable that's actually being laid okay. kind of yeah because because i uh yeah. i i i i saw um well i i i learned about this about six or seven years ago looking looking at the at the map and um right here off the the western side of uh saint croix um that's what you're talking about that 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 mm -hmm. that that was what's it an underwater station or, or underwater <laughs> underwater connecting point yes that's exactly right that's exactly right okay okay that's 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 interesting and i and i'm trying to find it here um so i could let the public look i like the public to be a i don't want to just tell the public uh you know what's going on um i like for them to see it uh for themselves speaking of the public um when you first took over you had some issues with respect to customer service uh, are we back to base? Are we back to where we're comfortable with, with how um, Liberty is um, communicating and providing services uh, to its clientele? Uh, we, absolutely. So we're, uh, we've been improving our customer service. We're kind of constantly improving it. Uh, we still have work to do. I won't say that we're done and we'll never, we'll never be done, right? We want to make sure our customer experience is, uh, is stellar and it's, uh, it's constant work. Part of that is uh, we are we are upgrading our systems for wireless and then also for wireline. 
as we improve our system for wireless, we're going to hire more customer service reps. We're going to move all of our customer service for wireless from Puerto Rico to uh, St. Croix, and we're setting up a call center in St. Croix. And uh, uh, on the wireline side as well, as we speak, I have about 10 customer service reps that we are we're looking to hire uh, to, to show that up. Uh, so it, it, it's continuing to improve every day. So you just announced that um, um, you have openings in, in, in Liberty then? We have a lot of openings at Liberty, correct. Yeah. We're hiring call center people, we are hiring technicians, we're hiring sales and marketing people, uh, absolutely. Okay, um, another one of my listeners, uh, a question. I've been getting texts from Liberty to upgrade my phones. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they said they have they have one each, one one iPhone and a, and a, and a Samsung um, why do we have to upgrade if it is to access the system? Are we being charged full price if we have more than one phone? And another question uh, along with that, are we still getting info in Spanish? <laughs> uh, uh, let me address the Spanish uh, issue first. Yeah. Uh, that, we're going to, we, we will change that. So currently, uh, one of the things about uh, taking over from a company like AT&T is for a period of time, we still have to be dependent on AT&T systems and processes. Mm-hmm. And we're making uh, close to $100 million investment in putting our own systems up and moving away from AT&T, including our own, what we call network core. That is going to happen later this year. So in the process, there are two things happening. Right? So as soon as that happens, we're going to move away from Spanish for Virgin Islands to be in English. Uh, obviously, there are still Spanish speakers here, and for those, we will have targeted Spanish communication. In addition to that, as we, as we move to our own network, we have to recertify all the phones. And so there are vendors like Samsung, Apple, that recertify certain phones, and phones that are older, they, for a new network, they will not certify. So part of that, for example, is a Samsung S9, so if someone has an S9, Samsung chose not to recertify that because they said that's too old and they can't maintain that phone anymore. So they're saying anything newer, they will certify. So what we're doing then is we're sending communication to those customers saying, as, as soon as we upgrade your network, you will have to move to a different phone, upgrade your phone, but we're not going to charge them full price. We, we will have different phones that they have access to. Some of them will be free of charge to them that they can actually use or if they want to upgrade to the latest model, uh, we give them significant discount. Uh, and it's all good for the customers as well, so they'll actually get newer technology that will work with 5G, that will work with, uh, that will have all the new features and everything. Okay. Now, um, I, I asked you this question the last time you were here, and I'm going to ask you again to explain. Um, if if two people are in downtown Christianstead or downtown Chaltamali, they're one block away from each other, and and um, and they have two different cell phone uh, providers. Explain to them how when one calls the next one, all of the different things that are happening at warp speed, so that they uh, can connect to each other. No, for sure, it's a, it's a great question. It's a complicated uh, technology. It it appears very easy because you call somebody and then all of a sudden you're talking to the other person. Yeah. So say well, I'm calling from my phone to somebody who has a T-Mobile. Like me. You, you, okay, you call me. I'm I'm a T-Mobile, and you're calling me from you call me from your phone. How many different kind of connections pass got to take place in order for us to communicate, even though it's happening at warp speed? Sure. The first thing we need to do is move you out of liberty. But uh, we work on that separately. But given that it is the way it is right now, yeah. what happens is when I call, yeah. the, my call then connects to the Liberty Tower, which then goes to, from the tower, it, we, we go through what's called backhaul, which is either through fiber or through microwave, to a switching center. And from there, it goes to a, a central location where the switch then routes it to another switch, which is a T-Mobile switch. And the T-Mobile switch then says, okay, now uh, Neville James is connected to this particular tower. It has a database that actually has that information. And then it sends it to that particular tower. And then that tower 
connects you to your phone. It rings your phone and then you pick it up. So there are a lot of connections that happen and there are a lot of databases in between that basically says who's where, is the phone on, and so on and so forth. So it's a, it's a pretty complex network and a, a complex set of signals that actually have to traverse. Uh, and it gets even more complicated when customers are traveling abroad. Right now you have to connect with an international network and you have to make sure that you know that, that information is all up to date. So uh, it looks easy, but it is, uh, it's fantastic technology. So, so it, it goes to, to two networks and how many switching um, stations, one or two? It, two, two switching centers, one is ours and one is T-Mobile. Yeah, and, and so, so it actually makes contacts with four different locations before we actually talk to each other. That's correct. Wow. That's correct. Wow, and, that's... and the thing is, you can, you can imagine, as soon as I ring you, within, like, within a second, the ring happens, right? So you can imagine how fast this whole thing travels. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's warp speed because the, um, you 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 you're listening to to, to the normal the, the normal sounds and connectivities that you hear, and in a matter of seconds you're talking. And 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 remember when we spoke, you said that uh, uh, one of the one of the networks of switching centers could be in Overland Overland Park, Kansas, right? That's what you had told me. Looks like we look like we, we uh, the call the call had dropped there, yeah. But we we when um when um, Bala was here before and he explained this to me it was interesting, uh, the number of different um locations connectivity has to happen. Oh, there we go. Um, you, you had told me you you back on right, um, Bala? You there? I'm back on. I'm back on. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I was I was curious because you had told me that um Overland Park in in Kansas City. Outside of Kansas City, uh-huh. and, you, uh-huh. and and that's that's where one of the one of the switching centers or one of the towers were. Uh, no, Olin Park has uh, uh, several switching centers. So switching centers are all over the place. So the mobile switching centers, we have switching centers here as well. Yeah. Uh, Olin Park, uh, we have T-Mobile's uh, major. You know, T-Mobile acquired Sprint. Mm-hmm. A lot of their uh, Central offices are in Overland Park, but accordingly, you have in Atlanta, you have in Dallas. Uh, it's it's everywhere now. Okay, okay, it's good. A, so, um, so you say um, we're, we're on sync. We, the first the first phase or the first look the first location for work is in the Sally's Fancy area in Saint Croix. We're gonna start seeing work on Saint Thomas as well, and then Saint John next year. That is correct. So uh, we're working on a few different areas in St. Thomas, and uh, so we have a we have identified several different areas, and uh, we have submitted permits applications to Department of Public Works, and they are in the process of looking at all of that. Uh, they wanted to first see Sally's Fancy. They wanted to make sure that uh, the construction there happens with the right kind of quality, uh, so that we do, we don't really see any major disruption on the roads and so on. As soon as that is done. They're going to start giving us uh, permits in other areas. Well, we also agreed with them that uh, we have a third-party inspector that is inspecting everything on a regular basis so that the quality is maintained. And after that, after uh, they're satisfied, things are going to continue on in St. Thomas and then St. John and so on. Bala Bala Christian from uh, Liberty VI, thank you very much for making some time to uh, update us on this uh, federal communications. Uh, let me see. Uh, FCC. Right, FCC, uh, FCC. F- FCC um, connectivity initiative for the USVI, and uh, feel free to reach back to us to let us know when you're going to be starting to work on St. Thomas, so we can let the uh, the, the 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 folks on St. Thomas um, know that uh, for those who are you know uh, moving about on St. Thomas, uh, where not to go if work is being done. Will do. Thank you very much for having me. You got it. You got it. That's um, Bala, uh, Bala Krishnan uh, from Liberty uh, VI. Um, I want to make sure I read this uh, again so that the public uh, is aware of what's taking place here. Um, the Federal Communications Commission Connect USVI Initiative. And the first phase uh, is happening here on St. Croix up in the Christian state. I mean, the eastern side of the island. Um, they're going to be um, working. Uh, they're going to be having... Uh, uh, work done at other locations here on St. Croix as well as St. Thomas and then of course um, St. John you're going to get a hookup uh, beginning 
uh, next year. Thank you very much uh, for making some time uh, to enlighten us. And it says uh, Liberty VI will be providing updates on its website. That's www.libertyvi.com slash news and other media. Right, I'm gonna be um letting you know what's going on as well. So we'll take a break. Uh, we'll come back and we should be hearing from Robert Luke, a comedian from back in the day. He was also a radio DJ. Uh, he'll be joining us for a quick conversation, and I'm hoping to hear from Doug School so he could give us uh, some some more uh, uh, education on how the PSC and what could be done with respect to um, a little bit more. Uh, regulatory authority for our cell phone uh, providers here in the Virgin Islands. Even on the mainland, it's pretty much the same thing. Cell phones uh, running scot-free. Not the estate in St. Thomas neither. Okay, scot-free as in slang. We'll be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. What is the secret to happiness? That's a really good question. And how can we live a more meaningful existence? Here's the secret, I think, of life. I'm Anoush Zamarodi. Each week on NPR's TED Radio Hour, we go on a journey with TED speakers who help us answer some of life's biggest questions. Oh, wow. Yeah, let's get right to it. Join us. Saturdays at 4 p.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big cowboy hat on. He looked like like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 